What's up, everyone? Thanks for listening to The Rooney Show. I am your podcast host, Kevin Rooney. And before we jump into our title topic for today, how I earned my SEAL Team 5 challenge coin, we're going to go over some current events and why I want to go over current events. So the three current events that I'm going to go over are the war in Ukraine, Dave Portnoy apologizing about the Tommy Fury, Jake Paul boxing match, and my pay, my Paycheck Friday challenge for parents to take their kids to the grocery store. So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, topic number one, war in Ukraine. The President of the United States went over and visited Ukraine, reconfirmed our commitment to the war that's going on over there. Now, when I hear something like that, we're just reconfirming our uh, support to Ukraine. I think when you word it like that, most people would agree. But when you word it, like it actually is, which is we're supplying one country weapons to kill members of another country, uh, it might change the perspective on things, right? I, th- I think when you say it like that, it makes people's ears perk up just a little bit more because when you word it like we're supporting Ukraine I mean, everybody hears something like that. Like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Support support that country that, you know, it was invaded. Terrible situation. Not downplaying the situation. It's caused, you know, a humanitarian crisis. People are dying. It's bad. But when you word it nicely, it takes that bad feeling and just like, I don't know, desensitizes it. And uh, desensitizes? Is that a word? Someone fact check me on that word. So, again, when when you word it like it is, we're giving weapons to one country to kill people of another country. Um, You know what? The people of that other country probably start to resent us a little bit. But when we word it like we're just showing support, we're going to keep making TikToks. We're going to keep posting on Instagram. You know, we're doing it for the gram. Everything's all good over here in in the United States. Meanwhile... The other country who is on the receiving end of our weapons probably is starting to resent us a little bit, and we should be concerned about that. I would love to deep dive any of these topics, but uh, I'm going to need a co-host to do something like that. So I'm just going to leave topic number one where it is. That's my opinion on the uh, war in Ukraine. Why that matters to mental health is perspective, okay? We should probably think about the people on the receiving end of these weapons and how they're starting to resent us because that could definitely affect us in the future. Next on the title topics or the uh, list of things, I guess, and current events to go over, um, Dave Portnoy publicly apologizes about his uh, prediction of the fight, how it would go between Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Recently, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. By the way, I loved that episode. I didn't know a whole lot about Dave Portnoy other than like he was the owner of Barstool Sports. He had the Barstool Fund during COVID. I thought that was cool. Um, pizza reviews. I'll watch his pizza reviews all day long, um, but didn't really know much about him or Barstool. Uh, so that was cool to listen to on that Joe Rogan podcast. But on that podcast, he did some shit talking about Tommy Fury pretty much said Jake Paul was going to beat the wheels off him. Tommy Fury is riding on the uh, coattails of his brother and his family. 
um, and that he wasn't a real boxer. Now, Joe Rogan, who's been a uh, fight commentator for many, many, many years, looked at his form, said, nah, this dude's a legit boxer. I don't agree with you. And there was a constructive disagreement. They didn't cancel each other. They moved on with the podcast, right? I think that's how normal interactions should go. But uh, if you haven't listened to that, you know, unofficial plug for the Joe Rogan podcast, go listen to that episode. Um, If you just want to hear two adults disagree and not fight about it, it was a good podcast. So kudos to Dave Portnoy before the fight was even over. He's publicly apologizing about how he was wrong. Tommy Fury is a real boxer. He has real skills. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he admitted he was wrong in front of millions, billions, however many followers he has of people. Um, it takes a lot to, you know, own your shit, to uh, admit when you are wrong. And he did. Kudos to him. I think that's leading by example. Uh it is what it is. That was awesome. Also, now my Paycheck Friday challenge. This is something I put on my social media a couple weeks ago. The challenge was take 20 or 30 bucks, go to the grocery store with your kid with the intent of buying food to donate to a food bank. And uh, the reason that was the challenge, and I think that that's going to be a reoccurring theme for my family. We, we committed to that back on New Year's. We were going to be more giving um, at the micro level, ways we could do it impactfully uh, and, and do it to things that I, I hold near and dear to me. Because what you need to know before I start talking about this, if you haven't already heard, when I was a kid, we were on the receiving end of that food pantry. Uh, you know, we were on the receiving end of that more than once. Um, also, parents... Uh, food, we were on food stamps. We were low income. I'll do a deep dive on some family stuff maybe one day um, because there was a lot more to it than that. Believe me when I say it. Um, it's not that simple. But I have a soft spot, and I think most people do, when it comes to like kids and food and, and people being in need. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm solid middle class. I'm not know, a real wealthy person, but if I can spare 30 bucks to go to the grocery store, you know, once a month and, and donate that food, um, I'm absolutely going to do it 12 times out of 12, 12 months in the year. Um, I'm going to do that. And the lessons that my kids get out of it, you know, we talked about people in need. We talked about people that are, uh, low income. We talked about how being in that situation and needing the support, it's not the end-all, be-all. You can work hard and work your way out of that situation. It's totally possible. The decisions that you make directly impact the situation that you're in and how you will get out of it. And that's the, uh, the emphasis. The decisions that you make will determine your exit strategy, whatever the situation is. I'm not saying it's just applies to low income people. But, uh, you know what? I tell you what, we went to the store. I let her pick out the food. So parents listen up when you have that talk with your kids at dinner time. what do you want to eat for dinner? And everybody's like, I don't know what we want to eat. 
take your kid inside the grocery store with the intent of buying the food for someone else because suddenly your kid will tell you what they like because she didn't pick out stuff she didn't like she picked out spaghetti she picked out mixed vegetables I'm like you like mixed vegetables she's like yeah I like these and I'd like to give them to someone else because I like them dearly noted I'm buying mixed vegetables for you know a side and uh you know, I let her pick out the food. She picked out pancakes. She picked out cereal. She told me why she liked those, why she wants to share those with other people. And this is coming from a six-year-old, okay? Best $36 I've ever spent. I'm telling you what, it was a great bonding experience. Decades down the road, she will remember this. And, you know, that makes my heart happy that she'll remember it. Um, and hopefully this is something that she'll pass on to her kids. So the reason I'm passing it on to mine is because I was on the receiving end of this. And I know that my kids right now, they don't get to see that out in public. They don't get to see the people who need to go to the food bank. Um, They don't see that where we live and that's not our lifestyle, okay? Now again, we're just a middle-class family. Um, But I know my kids don't get to see that day in and day out, but they need to know it exists. They need to know helping other people is okay. And, uh, and being impactful to those around you, whether it's at the micro level or the macro level, um, it's valuable. So jumping into the title topic, how I got my SEAL Team 5 coin and what that means to me. Now, full disclosure, I'm uh, I'm not a badass. I'm not. I'm I'm the average guy. I'm the average dude. Um, right place, right time. I guess you could say. Right mentality, at the right place and in the right time. So, go back. Uh, let's talk about challenge coins. What challenge coins are, and to get a challenge coin, usually means you did something above and beyond. You worked your butt off. Someone gives you this literal token of appreciation for uh, for doing, you know, hard work, things that you didn't have to do. Some type of excellence, some type of uh, merit, hard work, all those types of things. That's how you earn a challenge coin. Okay. And uh, how this story goes. It was 2018. I was overseas. I had been in Baghdad. I'd been in the Middle East at that point for probably five months or so, give or take. And uh, got up to Baghdad. My job, once I was up there, was doing logistics support for the group of people that I was with. Um, And what that meant was moving people and equipment from point A to point B. And some of these people were pretty cool people. And uh, one day or evening, is actually evening to be specific, there was a Navy, I want to, don't, Navy, you've got the craziest ranks, let me start out by saying that, it was something to the effect of like, Master Chief, or Senior Master Chief, I don't know, all I know is when I hear something about Master Chief, I think about Halo, and like Juggernauts, <laughs> right, but uh, gentlemen, he was like some sort of a uh, Master Chief, the rumor, and this is as I recall it, 
the guy was a badass operator back in the day, and he was fairly old at this point. Um, old for the military, for sure. But the rumor is the dude was certified badass back in the day. And uh, I did logistics support for this group of people, and he come up to me and he's like, hey, I need two packs from Baghdad to Al-Assad, like right now. And, uh, you know, it's getting flights in a place like Iraq, um, or just in general, typically there's a a three day wait and it's, you know, if if your number gets called, um, the group of people that we worked with or that we were supporting, we did a lot of things that were wheeling and dealing. We did a lot of, uh, networking, a lot of unconventional transportation, I guess you could say. Um, and that was just the nature of the beast. When you look at like how the military moves stuff around the world, as much of a shit show as it can be, and the reels, the TikToks that you see, you know about about the military, um, they're actually very efficient at what they do. Um, just by circumstance, we were needing to do things now, and the uh, needing to do things right now type of mentality just uh it existed but the system didn't exist so again a lot of networking a lot of wheeling and dealing to get people and stuff where they needed to be in a hurry and that's what that master chief wanted he came up hey i've got two people they need to go from point a to point b in a hurry i'm like okay you know uh i need their blood type i need their last four uh names and he didn't even tell me like anything about these people. I didn't know who they were. So, uh, as the story goes here, I'm like, I'm, I'm making phone calls to people in other countries. I'm trying to get these guys on flights. I've got the rotary, uh, rotary wing. I've got it booked. Um, they have their confirmation number. They just got to get from uh, point B to point C. And again, I'm, I'm calling people in Kuwait. I'm calling people in Syria. I'm like, hey, we've got to get these guys from fucking point A to B and C like now, right? Because that's what was asked of me. And uh, I went I went hard as I possibly could. And again, at the time, I had zero idea who these people even were. I just know this uh, like senior master chief or whatever. He's like, hey, I've got people that need from here to here in a hurry. So, I did my job. I, that was my job. Get people from one place to another, fast and efficient, and uh, got, everybody, got everybody, you know, their, their flights. Again, it took some wheeling and dealing with other companies, <laughs> other, other means of transportation, but um, I got them handed off. And I, I won't forget it, two dudes, like shaggy blonde hair, ball caps, literally wearing like uh, shorts. And I think one of them might've had flip-flops on. I definitely didn't fucking know who these guys were. They weren't in uniforms or anything. And uh, the one guy, he walks up to me. And again, I hadn't even talked to him at this point. I was only working with that senior uh, master chief, if that was even a rank. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he quick introduced me uh, this is so-and-so and so-and-so. This is who the flights were for. And dude comes up to me and just like, you know, if you don't, if 
don't know, this is how the coin thing works. I got a handshake, zero idea that there was a coin in this guy's hand, but I felt that cold steel circle in his palm. Okay. And, uh, I knew at the, I knew I, this isn't my first coin, but I knew I'm like, Whoa, there's a coin in there. So didn't even look at the coin stuck it in my pocket. Right. Cause that's kind of what you do. You're st- I'm still talking to these guys, interacting with them. And my interaction was very limited. Right. So they think like, Hey, thanks a ton. We know how this process works and things like this don't usually happen. And, uh, very appreciative. Roger that, you know, my interaction was small. Senior master chief kept chatting with them, um, doing whatever they did. And then I'm pretty sure I just went to the gym afterwards. And, uh, anyways, I get out of that building and I'm on my way, um, across the, across the fob. And I look down and there's like this pirate skull with a flag. I'm like, that's cool. So I turned it over and then there's the, uh, seal trident with the, uh, number five inside of it. I'm like, Oh, these dudes were seal team five guys. Um, what their mission was. I mean, I know what our mission was, but I don't know what exactly they were doing, but, uh, I'm just like, man, that's fucking cool. Right. First coin on that deployment. Um, couple dudes from seal team five and I'm like stoked at that point. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I'm an army reservist by the way. (laughs) So this isn't something and people that I'm around all the time. Um, it was really a once in a lifetime opportunity, but I'm like, fuck yeah. So anyways, get back to, uh, back to my room, change my clothes, um, go do whatever I, I did. Next morning comes around senior master chief. He rolls up and he's like, Hey, uh, flights didn't take off. I'm like, Oh no. Cause I've got this badass coin that, uh, I mean, I did everything that I possibly could and everything was set to go, but the fucking, the, the air went red or black, whatever the status was like, there was no flights. Didn't matter if you were manifested, ready to fly or not. No birds were going in the air. That was my interpretation of it. Like birds couldn't go and, uh, they didn't get out, you know, but they've got flights. I just want to thank you for your hard work. Um, and, and everything you did to get these guys, you know, what they needed. I'm like, well, yeah, no problem. You know, that's my job. That's why I'm here. I'm here to give people what they need. I'm here to be an asset and a service to you guys. And, uh, that's the mentality most people had. But again, so where am I going with the story? At that point in time, I'm like, shit, I've got this coin and technically the mission failed. It was out of my control. There was nothing I could do. I did everything I could do. Um, but I'm like, man, they still didn't get to fly out. I'm like, fuck, I hope whoever needed them. And, and you know, I don't know what the circumstances were for them needing to be in a hurry. They Maybe they just didn't want to stay the night there. I don't know. I didn't ask questions. I just did what I was asked. And uh, I'm like, shit, they didn't leave. And I, I crossed paths with one of them um, afterwards. And he just thanked me. He's like, dude, thank you so much uh, for, for doing all that. He's like, you wouldn't believe 
the people where we're at over in Al-Assad, um, they would never do this for us. And I'm like, well, that's kind of messed up, you know? That's what I'm thinking. He's like, you wouldn't believe how hard it is to get these people to do anything for us. And I was like, what are we all here for? <laughs> right? We're all here to support each other. And uh, the lesson learned out of this, and this is, again, I at the beginning I talked about the lesson learned and, you know, the perception of something. When someone's at my house or they see the coin, the SEAL Team 5 coin, they're like, oh, must have been doing something badass, you know. Uh, no, I was just doing my job. And, technically speaking, that mission wasn't even a success. Okay? And I tell people that when they see that coin. Uh, that coin is probably my favorite of any of them for that reason. Because it lets me know that as long as you do your part, whether the shit's a success or not, the people that you're doing it for, they recognize, hard workers recognize other hard workers. So even though they didn't take off, they, after the coin, after the interaction, right, they were still thanking me because no one has given, no one gave them that kind of like customer service, I guess you could say. Like we're all kind of a servant towards each other in and out of the military. So you should stand firm in your beliefs and don't let people take advantage of you. Absolutely. 100%. But when the time comes just to, to help your teammates, to help the people on your team, uh, I mean, that's, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. And, and I'm, I'm speaking towards, uh, military people right now and I, I do think that the military is still like the most um, diverse you know the, the one example of a melting pot where people come together from different uh, backgrounds and they all are molded into you know one one force of nature for fighting force whatever you want to call it uh, force to be reckoned with you know, you've got all these people from different backgrounds, different experiences, molded into a force to be reckoned with. Um, that still exists in the military, and I'm super thankful for it. But the uh, to go back to the coin, look, the point here is work hard, do your job, treat those around you with respect, be impactful to those around you. When it's time to go outside of your lane, you know, that's a, that's a saying in the military, stay in your lane. And that's probably what those people out at Al-Assad were doing. They're probably staying in their lane, right? But sometimes you need to go outside of your lane to get shit done. Which is kind of a, an example of how this podcast originated. Podcasting wasn't my lane. I'm a social person. I like to talk, obviously been talking to myself for 23 minutes in here but uh man just be good to those around you and if if the overall mission doesn't doesn't succeed it doesn't change the fact that you worked your ass off and learned some lessons that's the problem with uh with a lot of people like 
this isn't a guaranteed win, I'm not putting effort into it. That's a, a mentality that we're in. It's a very selfish mentality. And I see it in my, you know, I see it in my, on my daily, you know, not just social media. I see it in person. It fucking happens. There's selfish motherfuckers out there. And there always have been and there always will be. But, uh, you know, when, when you meet adversity, right, when it's time to go outside of your lane, uh, you know, have some courage. Do it. Do some things that aren't in your lane. That way, when you're forced out of your lane, when you're forced out of your comfort zone, when you're forced into a difficult situation, you don't buckle and give up and give in. Because I think that's what's happening in regards to uh, mental health and, you know, mental wellness. Is We're just so uh, in tune with different types of media and information that confirms our beliefs. Whether it's right or wrong, by the time you cross paths with someone who has an opposing belief, the only way that you feel like you're right or you're going to win or uh, have any say is if you are the one who screams the loudest and it makes you look like an idiot, especially when you're wrong. Imagine trying to compete to be the biggest loser. That's the way I think about some of you people uh, online and influencers and stuff like that. Like, who can be the biggest crybaby? That's the way I see it. And, again, I think there's plenty of good examples of people who ride that center line, who are straight shooters, who are open-minded look at things with an unbiased point of view and are reasonable people but they don't they're not the ones making the noise and to go back to that term the silent majority I know they're out there I know they exist I know there's other people who have similar beliefs I talk to you people right and uh I'm not saying it's your place to uh, grab the microphone and tell the world how you feel. Because that's not even really my intent with this podcast. You know, I'm just trying to share things that are good for everybody and shine some different perspective on things. Because when I talk with people in person, I get this similar vibe. But when I look in my feed, when I look on the news, when I look in the media, it's pretty limited. It's it's pretty limited, right? Only the polarizing loud screamers are getting the attention. And uh, I don't feel that way, and I don't feel that it's right. So, lesson to be learned here is do good for yourself, do good for those around you, and even if the mission isn't a success, it does not mean that you're a failure. You just need to keep going Keep doing your job. Keep moving forward. Stay in your lane, but uh, when it's time to get out of your lane, take that take that step. Um, be confident when you do it. And don't be afraid to fail. That's my takeaway for the podcast. So if you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, 
The Rooney Show is on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You know, all the social media platforms, they're all relatively new. Actually, they're brand new, let's be honest. And uh, I'm learning as I go. So, interaction is super important to me. You know, I know I'm putting a lot of these posts and podcasts out there. Um, and I'm, you know, the impressions and the, the views and the things like that, the, uh, the insights, I don't get wrapped up around them, I'll be honest. But interaction with people, which I get plenty of in person, um, that's what I thrive on. So if you appreciate the podcast, if you would like to comment on any of it, you can do it privately. You can email me at the Rooney Show 23, like the number 23, um, at gmail.com. You can message me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You know, and you carry on the conversation, shine your perspective my way, right? So if there's something that you uh, you don't agree with or whatever, like let me know. I'm curious what you think. If you do agree with it, please uh, throw something in the comments, share the podcast, uh, help the algorithm grow so I can you know, spread that message of I know there's more people out there who are realistic and they're not the loud screamers looking for attention. Uh, we just want to go about our business and and do good for ourselves and our family and our community. And uh, this is one way. This is one way that I'm going to go about it. So it's not the only way. I've got some other ideas. Stay tuned. So I've got uh, some more stuff to put out. And it is what it is. Thanks for listening. <laughs>